Some co-workers. Welcome. Hi. Excited to be starting season two of Business and Bullshit. We are promising to bring all the business and all the bullshit. I am Amber Nicole, your favorite diversity specialist. I am Isis J. I am Tina Latrice. And we are three women. Three perspectives. One podcast. I want to introduce our very special guest that we have with us for today's uh, conversation of He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. And it is our friend, colleague, mentor, and a former youth pastor, yes, <laughs> the, the Reverend Deacon Dr. Kedrick Jones. <laughs> Really? You took it back to Broadway? We did. We did. We did. We did. We did. We did. You family. We can do that. Yes. New season, so we've got new format. And so this season, we will be honoring ancestors. And so we each, um, every show, will be picking an ancestor, be it our own or someone um, even famous that has gone on before us, to honor. And so each of us on today's episode will, uh, including our guests. <laughs> we will be uh, letting you know who we are going to honor. So today I am honoring Whitney Elizabeth Houston. Um, she, this was her birth month and I've just been feeling her energy all year and I got her t-shirt on. Um, so I am honoring the voice, the one and only, um, I give you Whitney Elizabeth Houston. Okay, not the middle name. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with, um, whew, I am going with the... Fanny Lou Hammer, because sometimes I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so uh, I just want to make sure that I also maintain the strength and the stick to itness that came with Fanny Lou as well. I am going to go with um, Lavinia Mooney, my great grandmother, who always spoke her truth no matter what situation it was. So I'm going to honor her today. And, you know, I I really want to honor Jesus, really, because he was so dope that he was 100% masculine, but he could respect and appreciate femininity and all of its glory. So, start per my email, let's keep um, children all over this country that are 12 and under that are going to school and having to go fake face to face. Let's just keep them in our prayers and protect them as much as we can. All right, coworkers, and this is Isis. And per my email, I would love for us to keep our thoughts and prayers with those in the path of Hurricane Ida. Um, this is not the time for why didn't they leave? We just need to keep them in our thoughts and prayers. And that's help is needed that we um, heed whatever calls to whoever we can. Ken? Hey, per my email, hey, don't forget to check on those that you love. Per my email, language is a labor of love and we can be mindful what we say. And whether you want to say something um, where the message is ratchet, you can also, you know, reframe certain things. Like if you want to be able to say, I wish a would, then you can simply say, you know, you're welcome to test that theory at your earliest convenience, right? Or if you want to be able to <laughs> convey that, you know, as I stated in my previous email, right, yes. that you've already yes. said, you know, that there are always ways to say what you want to say. Hmm? That's my favorite. That's my favorite clapback. Like in my last, e mm -hmm. my last, yeah. my last email. Mm -hmm. As you can see in our previous uh, interactions, this is what was decided upon. 
That's in response. I told you once before. Right, right. I, I done already told you. I done already said it. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. So, coworkers, now we get down to what you're here for. So, this is our show topic. He loves me. He loves me not. As you all know, there is a lot of discourse in regards to relationships these days, specifically between cishet men and women, specifically Black cishet men and women. And um, so today's topic, we're going to just talk about some things in those regards. And so we brought in our awesome guest. Uh, this is Kadrick Jones again. So Kadrick is Deborah's husband, father of three, his nations, as he calls them. Um, he is Walter's carbon copy. He is a graduate of John L. McClellan High School. He is a native of Eudora, Arkansas, and a Navy veteran. Thank you for your service. Thank you so much for your service. Um, he is currently the pastor of Nation of Kings Assembly, 13 years of life coach, and founder of PJK On Demand. His life statement is, life is too short to play games, so keep it real. So I welcome our awesome guest in this conversation today, Kadrick Jones. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, so we here. Amber, what are we going to do? So we are discussing, of course, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, which came about because very often we will have discussions, women will have discussions, and you will say, we'll say to each other, he don't even like me. And, um, and so we are saying, why is it that men don't understand that they don't like us? And we wanted to have that conversation, but we didn't want to have that conversation from a one-sided point of view. And thus, of course, we brought our guests on. But in that, um, I will say when we were doing the pre-show, Kadrick asked us to define what does liking us mean, right? So yeah. um, I think that that would be where we start. So what does that mean for you, Tina, when you say he don't like me or I says he don't like me? Um, <laughs> I think... I'm liking who I am, knowing that, um, knowing what my ambitions are, knowing that my family and friends, knowing that that part of me that I I value those, and loving that about me, and that is that's liking me. Knowing I'm a, you know, I am very much a geek, um, and that's okay, and me having that safe space to be all that I all that I am. That's liking me. Uh, I want you to know, Kadrick, that, you know, between you and my therapist, um, I need all um, donations for edge repair. But this was a great question. Um, and so when he said define like, and you sit and you go, oh, that means somebody gives you attention and different things like that. But what I've learned is as you get older, that definition evolves. And so for me, it's liking that it's not just sending it, that uh, check yes or check no. Right. It's not. It's not that yes. Not that. Do you like me? Check yes. Check. It's not that. You know. But you know, we can still use that. It, 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 it can evolve too. We'll talk about that later. Maybe another show. <laughs> um, but as it's evolved, it's you know, do you like me? You know, one of my favorite Beyonce song, songs is "Flaws and All." Like, um, and then Kelly Clarkson had this song called, you know, "Can You Love My Dark?" You know, "Can You Love Me Through My Dark Side?" Like, um. <laughs> And so is it something that you're, I know you like me when you can sit in the discomfort that I have with myself. Um, you're not rushing to change something or rushing to get me to toxic positivity. Like you're okay with the discomfort that I have with me. Um, and, you know, you're going to sit with me through that. You might even snatch my edges and tell me some things about myself. Um, you know, through it, but liking me means that you you love me through my flaws and all, 
um, and you don't run at the first sign of my discomfort um, and then how it makes you uncomfortable with yourself. So, um, and then it's persistency and consistency as well. That's another way um, that I know you like me. I don't have mixed signals um, because if I have mixed signals, that tells me in itself that you're not really feeling me because you would assure me um, in your feelings for me and I won't have to sit and guess anything. Um, I think liking for me is, um, it's okay. Well, I think liking for me depends on love languages as well, right? It means that we've discussed that and that you consistently show me love in the way that I like to receive love and not just the way that you like to give love. Um, I think that liking me also means that, that my whole self is welcome. And by my whole self, I mean everything I am, but also everything that I'm not. Um, the things that I, the person that I say I want to be, um, and the person that I am trying to be like, and even when there's like that space between those two, like the person I think I am, the person I want to be, that there's like, like I was saying, there's not toxic, um, positivity there, but additionally, it's not the box that you've decided for me as well. Like that you are not only liking me when I agree with you or when I'm not pushing you or when I'm not asking you to be who you want to be or who you say you want to be as well. That you can hear constructive feedback from me because you know that I'm not saying it to hurt you because I like you, right? So maybe that's what that looks like for me. Uh, it's very complex issue to get into because when you look at it from a male perspective you have to remember men are hunters right right and and when a man hunts or, or when hunters hunt um they hunt for what they see and what they they like when they see it but then they take that same thing that they've hunted for and they're used to taking that thing and breaking it down and preparing it you know, in a form that's suitable for them. So that's the psyche of a man because he, he he's used to building, changing, rearranging, right? Uh, but he has to understand that women are not animals to be hunted, even though he's going after with that same mentality. They're not animals to be hunted and, and they're, they're not things to be prepared or, or made. They are, are things to behold and, and to to be congruent with. And I think sometimes, and so I'm, I'm going to bounce back and forth from, uh, you know, perspective and supposition, right? So sometimes I think that um, uh, women, uh, they go in bringing that representative of what they think he likes, right? And so if you go in bringing, sit again. <laughs> At least for the first three months. That's fair. For, for the first three months, right? <laughs> That's and, fair. And so, and, and so this is who he's jiving with, right? So let's talk about the way we, we receive information. So, of course, I, well, you, you all may be, may be familiar, familiar with this. So we receive information at the back of the brain, right? In order to process that information, it goes from the back of the brain, goes to the limbic system, and then comes to the frontal lobe where it locks that information in. So, of course, women have all these neurons and dendrites that are firing off at the same time in the limbic system, right? And so you have several different routes where information is going. But for men, 
our information. So we talked about uh, before the show, dial up at high speed. <laughs> you are like high speed. We're like dial up, right? <laughs> so our information, it travels very slow down one route to the center of the brain. Our limbic system is not as broad. That means we're less intelligent. We just process information differently. So if we are processing the information, right, and then we have to stop in midstream to try to figure out, hey, what just happened? That process starts all over again, right? And so it may seem as though we're, we're, we're not liking that person that we're seeing now. It's just that we have to begin to process all over again what that situation looks like, right? So, so that that the thing is that, me growing and evolving is is or so so question is it, I'm sorry, but is it their growth and 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 evolving that is difficult, or is it our growth and evolving that is difficult? I think it's both because what men like at twenty is not the same thing they're gonna like at thirty five. True. Because you know it's it's go ahead. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's it, it, it <laughs> right? But but so so our, our our appetites and our affinities they change as we grow. Because it's it, it's a scientific fact that we change molecularly every seven years. Mm-hmm. Right? So the person that I was at twenty one is not gonna be the same person that I am at twenty eight. Right. It's not gonna be the same person I am at thirty five. So, so my appetite, my affinity is different. However, if I come in having a congruent commitment to you and you have a congruent commitment to me, then we can travel through those times and spaces that we may not like each other, right? And so, so it, it, it may not be that, that he's not liking. So, so you, so Tina, you talking about you know, I'm I'm a geek, right? Is is the geek the person that he met? Yes. Right? Is is the person that he met? Yes. Right. Yes. And then you you introduce do, do you introduce all of you into the dynamic I, at one time? I try I try as much as possible. I try okay. I try as much as possible. Um, I really do try to build a friendship because. I, I don't want that that any I don't want any surprises. I think with a friendship we you end up creating a safe space that I can be who I am. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. And like I think if you met me and I was busy, that ish is not gonna change. You know, <laughs> right. if I was just as active and I love being around my family when you met me, that's not gonna change. If you admire that part of me and then now it annoys you. If that's what you want, that's who I was. If you knew that I was involved in like the community and things like that, now you have a problem with that. If I'm an educator and you know me building rapport with my students is important to me. So someone, so now you're annoyed with that. I have a problem with that. I'm like, you were in love with the idea of me. You didn't really like me because you didn't know that's good. That's good. What, what it entailed on my end. You just saw this and you're like, oh, but you like, now that you see what it really is, it's like, man. But also, I yeah. think that that's like, when I say women don't actually like ambitious men, they like successful men. Ambitious men are busy. Successful men, you know what I'm saying? Like successful men able are able to sit and pay and buy back their time type thing. Like 
You know, so I think that that's the same thing as when it comes to the idea, if you will, of go ahead. So rewind that again and say 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 the difference again. I feel like women like women say oh, I want a man that's ambitious, but ambitious men are busy. You know what I'm saying? Like ambitious men are out there like like hunting and gathering those same goals and achievements and accolades. Successful men are the ones that move a little slower, right? Because they've achieved these things and they're able to yeah. buy back their time and not and do things a little differently. So I, I think it's the it's the, the the way we say things, I guess, in society. You know what I mean? Like, but it's the meaning of those words, like I talk about all the time, that that make the difference. I think yeah. also you can bring in when we talk about like as well, and we talked about this in the pre-show. You know, do you like me or do you like the idea of me? Do you like the you know, the person that you may see speaking or moderating or, you know, do you like the idea of this person that you meet and then you really get to know me and it's just like, wait, that's not, that's not who, no, that's, you know. It's cool that she's opinionated. Yeah. Right? Cool that she opinionated yeah. on podcasts and it's cool that she's opinionated out there in the, yeah. <laughs> out there when she's being an activist, right. but now she opinionated in the home and it's different. So yeah. So do you right. like me or do you like the idea that Dear you had of me and how I would match with you? And so I think that comes into play as well, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. and that's a unfortunate reality that I think a lot of people have found out during this pandemic. So, you know, do you like me or have you liked the idea of me this whole time? And yeah. If that's, I didn't find that out till y'all was trapped in the house, that's a that's an issue. Right. And like I always I always start off like, you know, I the you know, I've had like guys ask me, Do you can you cook? And I'm like, but can you build this fence in my backyard though? And it's like I'm not the cooker. Like I I mean, women in my family didn't cook. The men do. Like I can cook spaghetti and things like that. So I don't even want you to think that you about to come around and I'm gonna make I'm gonna hook you up with some greens, some yams. And you know some smothered chicken. I mean, I can bake some chicken, but hey, like, but she could probably fix that fence though. And she, I, but I can't fix that fence though. Listen, yeah. How do you know, so, Patrick? How do guys know if they, if they, like, women know when it's just the idea? Like, we, because we experience, you know, what I'm saying, like the, I guess, the consequence of when a guy just likes the idea of you. But how does a guy? How should a guy know? When he likes her versus the idea of her, it's by spending time. By spending time, and and sometimes he doesn't even know whether he likes her or the idea until he spend spent a certain amount of time with her. For for instance, my my wife um, and I we will be married twenty five years in December, mm. right? So when I first met her, um, to be honest, I didn't like her. She didn't like me. Right. Uh, my, my younger brother introduced us. Uh, and so when he introduced us the first time, we both went about our merry way. And then I started noticing some things about her. Uh, I started noticing how she carried herself. I started noticing how she communicates. I started noticing her energy. And so I, you know, thought it was a good idea just to at least sit down and get to know her. And so I would spend time. Uh, and we were we met in church, and so she would be uh, the administrator at that time. I would spend time sitting down, just asking her questions, and she she didn't even realize I was flirting at the time, you know, because I'm just being inquisitive. I'm trying to find out about her, find out who she is, trying to find out her background, you know. I'm 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 asking 
the, the funny questions, asking the hard questions, asking just the, the, the blowout questions. And we're just getting to know one another. And so I understood that this was somebody that I could see myself doing forever with. Right. Um, and, and there, there, now to be honest, there have been times where that ideology that I had of her has been challenged because okay. I didn't understand at the time that we mature, we grow, we're different. Right. So, so it's, it's caused friction in our relationship, but as we continue to talk, and so I still have to ask her questions. She still has to ask me questions and we get the chance to know one another all over again. So Quadric, uh, Kadric, you presented us with a question in the pre-show that I thought was really great. Um, and you stated, you know, is a person's like necessary in order for us to become a whole person? Yes. And I thought that was like a really dope question. And I've been kind of like leaning into it. And I'm just like, that's a really good question. So like uh, my my coworkers, um, not my coworkers, but my co-hosts, like, have y'all thought about that question? What do y'all think about that? Is, is somebody's like necessary in order for us to become a whole person? N- not necessary for us to become a, not necessary for me to become a whole person. And in dating, not required. But if we're supposed to be doing life together, then yes, that is definitely supposed to be that is that is definitely a requirement. I would think not yeah. at, not at all times. I don't even like me at all times, right? right? So, but but the the core or the basis of me, like yes, I would think that that like is necessary. Yeah, and 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 I I agree with that. Um, my whole I I if I'm a, if I'm gonna do life with you, I want you to like me, like. <laughs> I want you to like think the best of me and think the good of me. And even in even in the times you don't really like, I don't feel like fooling with you because I don't like you, but I do want you to think that I I'm like, just think the best of me. Right. And I, you know, I look at I look at Barack and Michelle. I ain't saying that they, you know, everything perfect, but I think she genuinely likes dude. Like she just likes her. Right, and he likes her. I just like, do you like me? Like, I think I, if I'm, I want to be like outside of this romantic relationship or whatever. Would you still be cool? Would I still be cool with you? Could we would be? You, could, That's it. Yeah. Would you be my friend? Yeah. Right. And yeah. so outside of the physical, do do you do you like me? Do you like my mind? Do you like how I think? How I carry myself? Do you like what I'm into? Right. right. Yeah. Like, do you. OK, so, for instance, do you feel if I'm your wife, do you feel obligated to like me because of that title or do you generally like me as just ISIS, as just who I am without right. all the credit, you know, all that stuff behind it? Um, you know, or is it that you like me because of the labor that I provide? You like me because Ooh. of the um, way I look on your arm and can in business help you get things accomplished or done because you appear as stable because you have this woman by your like so do you like me outside of the things that I can do for you like do you genuinely like sitting on the couch and binge watching family guy with me or something like like you know or the idea of being married right that right. that part too the idea of having a mate mm-hmm. right because because your family keep asking you when you're gonna get married mm-hmm. right right yeah, and you know, I was I was listening to a room uh, on Clubhouse uh, this past week, and 
the 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 title of the the club uh for those who don't know what clubhouse is it's a it's yeah. an audio app you know where you just go in and have conversations and so the title of the club uh was can you be brought and so the premise behind it was that there was this lady who was an RN. She's she's an RN, well sought well sought after RN. Uh, but before she was an RN, she was waiting tables at a, a high end restaurant, and she met this guy uh, who was you know a, a seven figure earner and everything. And so he started talking with her. He knew what her ambition was, knew what what she was doing, and um, she was going to school and she had a timeline. And he liked her and he really wanted to have a life with her. But he said, you know what? The stuff that you're doing is taking you too long. How about we just go ahead and get married and I just give you this wonderful life. And, you know, what do you think about that? And she thought about it for a minute because it could relieve some of the financial pressures and the difficulties that she may have or things that she may have faced. But then she she had to turn that offer down because she said that this is, I'm not going to be bought just to be on your arm because I'm more than a trophy wife. Right. I'm more than somebody's arm candy because she realized she had her own dreams, her own passion. She had her own desires. And for her to, just take his offer meant that she would have to get rid of most or all of that just to be with him. And, and you have to uh, begin to ask yourself, I guess, and, and the reason I ask that question is because you have to begin to ask yourself is, you know, am I willing to give up part of who I am to be a part of his life? Am I am I really willing to give up? You know, even and and I always think about this. You know, and and I don't want to take up, but I'm going to give this illustration. David Chappelle, he says he, he he talks about how it was when he first started in the comedy business, and uh, he was getting ready to leave home, and his parents didn't really think he was going to do that well. But then when he started to blow up, uh, he got ready to leave home. His dad told him, he said, "Look." I know you're getting ready to go out here and everything, but you have to name your price before you go in. Mm. Because mm. if the price gets too high, you have to say, I'm gone. I'm gone. Right? And so so I guess and the reason I ask the question is women have to find out what it is. What's what's your price? What's your limit that that you are would say, I want to give up. And if you don't want to give up, you have to hold to that. Right. And make sure that you don't allow yourself to dim your light and dumb it down just to say you have somebody that you're attracted to. I call those non-negotiables. You should right. definitely have non-negotiables. But yeah. I guess that also leads into a lot of unlearning, um, because yes. as we talk about um, being liked and different things of that nature, a lot of times, yes, you're absolutely right. We bring in the representative but it's because we've been conditioned that our worth and our validation comes in being married and having a husband and then if, if chosen to have children. And yeah. so if my validation, if what I've been taught all my life is that I'm worth nothing until somebody chooses me, then I'm going to go out here and play a part 
until that happens. And so I may kind of lower my non-negotiables because I really want this guy to like me. He looks good on paper. Um, and even then sometimes, but that's a whole nother story with red flags. Girl, good on paper. That nature. You know, that, that good on paper. <laughs> but if I've been, but that also, like you said, you definitely have to know, but as time goes on, and let's be honest, and the older women get, a lot of times they'll start to soften some things because then um, the lines get blurred in alone versus loneliness. Um, or yeah. you, you've got women who've been divorced and have children and are told, um, and even as a single mom, you know, nobody will ever want you and you'll have to settle for this. And, um, you know, you're not good enough to deserve that. So you have to unlearn all of these uh, narratives and all of this prep that's coming at you and have to you have to hold the line. You have to hold your boundary. And no, I'm deserving of more than that. And so, you know what, you you can take that narrative and kiss my grits. Um, but I think that's another thing is uh, you I'm really want to say grits. Um, I'm gonna say grits because that's that was in my spirit. I heard Alice in my in my ear with that, you know, kiss my grits. Um, I love that show is hilarious. But I'm glad you said that about us understanding our non-negotiables and then being strong and holding the line. Like that's important. Yeah. I feel like my non-negotiables though at 20 and my non-negotiables at 30 look different. Yes. Right. Um, and and the things that even are that you require from a mate, I think, look different. Of course. The, the more you grow and evolve and change. What I needed from you at 25 is not what I need from you at 36. And so I think that that also can be an issue if you, like if I, I'm, I'm sorry that I met you at 20 whatever, and this is who you met and this is who we were, but over time this person has become different. And so yes, this used to be where the the base was, but the base is no longer here, right? This, mm-hmm. this is what I am saying is now required. And so I guess the question is, if this is what is now required, do you do you have to renegotiate? Do you say this is what is now required? So if you are not willing to meet this, do we do we separate or does that person then have to renegotiate their you wow. know, what that base looks like? That's yeah. a question. That's a very good question. That's a good question. A really good question. And I, I um, you know, I was thinking about this all week and um for me, I like to take Maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. and flip it on his head, right? Mm-hmm. Because many people think that sex, uh, self-actualization is the highest point, but I think it's the foundation person. Because if you can get a person who is self-actualized, who understands who they are, understands what they want, understands uh, what their world looks like, then you, you bring in love and acceptance. If you if you are self-actualized, you don't as you don't need as much acceptance as you would if you were not. Mm. Some people might disagree with that. I was like, I won't but, say disagree. I just think it it moves. Like self-actualization to me is the same thing as as those non-negotiables. What I thought allowed me to be self-actualized at 27 at who this part that person was self-actualized as i continue to grow as culture change as success happens differently as you know what i mean like you lose things like, like whether that is material or as the old folks say as you keep living then self-actualization to me looks different at those ages you know what i'm saying like and, yeah. and to me it, it can seem like a moving target i guess it can be it can be, but I also think as as women, 
we tend to lean into our sisterhoods, our friendships, um, a little bit heavier than men tend to do. Um, And I think that also helps us with our self-actualization and growth um, because you always had a homegirl who going to check you and be like, or you're surrounded by women who are growing individually. And it's just like, wait, like how, you know, look at what she's doing. Right. You know, and they'll encourage you and like, okay, look, you still over here at level one and I know you can do better. So come on, let's, let's go and we'll have mentorship. And so I think that helps us as well. So Kadrick, I wanted to ask you, we talked about this too. So what does a man hear when he's told to, to do his work and go heal? Like, like the woman is not going to do this for him. Like, wait, let what? me get my pen. Ten, if you're <laughs> let me get, so, Look, I'm doing this. Let me get my pen. Hold up. Uh, so what? Yeah. <laughs> get your- <laughs> so that's the, that's the other thing as we're talking about self-actualization and re, re- agreements. Um, this means growth. This means you got to come out of what your current normal is. And so um, there's been a movement lately of women going, hey, we're not going to keep doing your work and ours. So what do men hear when they are told to do their work and go heal? Other like, you got to go do your perfect. own work. Other than you are not perfect. What do you <laughs> after that? Yeah. So um, it, it depends on the man. It depends on, you know, his entire background, where he comes from. Uh, it depends on, you know, what type of work you're telling him to go do. So if, if you're a woman telling him to go do the work because your mama messed you up, then <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if, if, if that's the case, then what what is happening now is now he's seeing someone who looks like the person that damaged him and broke him. Mm. telling him he needs to get his stuff together right you know uh if if i was in nigeria i would say shit because they say shit over there um <laughs> so so uh so so tell him he, he needs to get his shit together all right so <laughs> so so <laughs> so so uh right so if 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 it's a woman who's telling him this um he may be stunned by it in the beginning Right. But he may it may take him a little while to 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 come to to grips with the reality that that she's telling the truth. Right. Because if he goes around his boys and he begins to tell them what she said, what's going to happen and his boys are going to say, well, you know, you're right. Oh, oh, he. Because oh, of, that he's of, right, or not not that she's right, but that he's right. No, the the the, the his boys, his real boys, are gonna tell him, you know, she's right. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Because okay. I noticed this, this, and this about you. Because they're gonna tell him, they're gonna get in this stuff, and they're gonna tell him the truth, right? But if he does not have any male companionship, if he if he's just an island and he's isolated. And, and, you know, he's feeling he's this person is me against the world. And he's this ambitious guy and does not have uh, a, a circle at all. Then he is, you know, either he's a narcissist they don't trust or he's a borderline know. narcissist. They don't trust and there's nothing you can do to convince him that he needs to do anything because he feels like he's perfect. 
And if you tell him that he needs to do his work, he's going to feel like the victim. Right. Mm. Now, if 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 you're talking to a person who he realizes who he is, uh, he realizes that that, okay, I, I can't do life on an island. I can't do life in this little bubble that I have. And somebody tells him that he needs to get his stuff together. He's going to take that in. He's going to think about it. Now, he may not respond immediately, but remember, we have one round. So it's going to take him a little while to process that. He's going to think about it, and he's he may come back and say, you know, I thought about what you said. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this is this is what where where the the, the female, uh, you know, can the woman can can come back in and, and assist with that. When you tell him he needs to get his stuff together, and he begins to pout, he begins to uh, go in. You can't go in to the cave and try to coddle him and try to get him out the cave and feel bad about what you said when it's the truth. Because his mama may have messed him up by catering to him, making him think that he's, you know, the gift, right? And so you can't go in and coddle him. You got to let him sit with that. And you got to be comfortable allowing him to sit with that until he comes to the realization that, man, I really do need to get my stuff together. Woo! Amber, you on mute? Am I still on mute? You, I can hear you. I can okay. hear you. That's that's real. Um, and even in adding on to that, I guess my question is like, so let's say, like Isis was saying, women begin at some point, and I genuinely think that that is culturally, they get tired of non-affirming places, especially black women. So they begin to lean into those sister circles more more than, than normal at some point, especially during those times of growth and healing, especially yes. during those times of healing because it is affirming. So very often, I think that, women are going through that period of growth and healing and then they begin to readjust those negotiables or non-negotiables right and very often trauma is associated with those same non-negotiables right those things of saying those those standards that they are now saying this is what i am no longer going to allow and or deal with because this has caused trauma and xyz and thus it is affecting my healing right and so then there is work that needs to be done on both on on both yeah. ends but the um i guess the the healing that is taking place very often i think that the conversation feels like he's not moving fast enough right like you can feel like listen i this is where i am i'm saying that this is this is uh this is where I am wanting to go. This is what I'm saying I'm not wanting to deal with. And you may have a man that says, okay, well, I get it, but you just put me in a PhD level course and we've been in junior high for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And so women are like, yes, but see, I have now been in graduate and PhD like the entire time. I feel like women feel like they have been doing this work um, and men's work. And then at some point in time, they, they say, I'm no longer going to do your work. And then that, I think, can look, or I'm asking, does that then look like abandonment? Because that's, you know what I mean? Like, that, to think that that's what it can look like, but it's more so saying, I'm just not carrying this anymore. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and to me, to me, it's like, I'm not trying to rush you, but you put me through some trauma, man. And like, 
I can't. I'm trying to be there as you grow. I need to rush you. But as, to rush you. but as you grow, you I'm still taking some hits. So yeah. it's like yeah. I need you to do the work, but I, I and I know you're trying, and I I see you working, but I'm still taking hits after I've already taken hits already, and I'm going. So that's that's what my mindset is. It's so like is, how mean, do you go to your corners? Then I guess Kevin, yeah. what what does going yeah. to your corners look like? Yeah, going to your corner is so. So for a, a man, if if he, you know, is uh, I, I I don't want to say it. If he's in his right mind, right? Okay. Okay. Um, and so there, sub, this has some set subjectivity to it, right? right? So if he's in his right mind, he respects boundaries. Even if he so, doesn't been taught boundaries, like boundaries may, be, boundaries may be new in that relationship, right? Right. It, it, it may be new. It may be new. And so here, here is what you have to do. If you've done work and you're on that PhD level, but he's still, you know, in that middle school level in the relationship, you have to think about you brought him in in that middle school level, right? So, so he's he now has an idea of what it was like in middle school. He hadn't even been to the place where he's graduated high school, if we continue to use that same analogy. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to bring him in to this space where you're trying to get him to to really graduate really quick. So, So here it is. One thing that gets a man to graduate really quick is if you set boundaries, and you stay consistent with the boundaries. If you, if you, if you're conflicting with those boundaries, yep. You know, and and he texts you, you know, in the middle of the day, and he say, and this is this is one of the things that, uh, you know, men understand that this is a secret weapon. Hey, you want to go get something to eat? Listen, them crab legs gonna. Y'all always want to feed us. Listen, the crab legs give me every time. You you have to, you have to make sure you have your own crab legs at home. (laughs) You can door dash them. You can door dash them. They be expensive though. I be like, he gonna spend, he gonna spend the money for the crab legs. I got to do better. You right. So, so you on my list. You have to be willing. You have to be willing. Hey, to turn uh, that that you know that date down in order to let him know, hey, these are my boundaries, and they don't go back and forth. Because the the point that you let them down, what you do now is you open up the door for more trauma, yep. and it may happen at the table, yeah, in the restaurant, every time. That is true. Mm. That is that is very true. That's, that's I mean, so I need a Moscato. You have to remain consistent because because when you, when you think of it in a, in an African American context, think about this. Yeah. Most men, and you you, it's it's about seventy seventy five percent. Most men grew up not having order, not understanding what what boundaries were, right? And so so to introduce this to them it's a foreign concept it's a foreign concept and and because it's a foreign concept 
again, the way we process information is a lot slower than the way women process information. So when you set a boundary, even though it's a foreign concept, what he's going to do is he's going to sit back and he's going to look at it, and he's trying to find out where's the vulnerable spot in the boundary. And if he goes back, and if he's if he's known you long enough, he knows what can make you pull those boundaries down. But if he knows them better than you do, you're in trouble. And this is this how the audacity continues? Because me, the audacity is strong, but this sounds like how it how it keeps going. Because he's, like, he's a hunter. Yeah, the audacity. If he knows your boundaries, if he knows your vulnerabilities better than you do, you have a problem. And then, then, then the question becomes: the question now becomes, why do I continue to attract the same type of broken men? You can't blame that on nobody else. I got tell my like I tell my my people something can't be wrong with everybody. If you are, so, if you seven husbands in, something can't be wrong with everybody. That is true. That is true. You have to take a look at yourself at some point. So as we wind this down and wrap this up, mm -hmm. um, all right. So well, maybe one more question after this one. Okay. So with everything we just said about like and things of that nature. As black women, we tend to be armored up and for good reason from society to various factors, workplace, to bad actual relationship. Too bad, yes, we have armor. And so just kind of, and everybody can chime in on this one. I'm gonna start with Kadrick. Um, do black men understand the pros and cons of the armor that we wear and why we may come off as hard or attitudinal or non-submissive since that tends to be a favorite thing um that they love to say um do they understand our armor and why we move and react the way that we do and that there there's a there's a um i can't find the word right now but there's like a um if you can get me to be vulnerable and be soft with you that's not like a something to take eat like that's a Honestly, it's a win at times, but yeah. Do they understand the armor and do they understand the way that we allow you access when we feel like we can be soft and vulnerable with, with, with you? If that makes sense. They don't. Most most men don't. Okay. And and I have to I have to admit I've not always been at the place to where I understood it. I've grown to understand it over the years. Um what made me understand it and really and really come alive and, and be woke to what was really going on is I was again on clubhouse and I was listening to, I was in one club clubhouse room and there was this one young lady by the name of Ali and the guys would come up on the stage and they would give these, these BS answers. Uh, and you know, she's so quick on it. And the way with the, when she would, when she would hit them real quick, I'm listening to it and I say, oh, I get it now. These women are angry because they feel they're in a world where they are unprotected, Ooh, uncared for, and don't feel like they don't need to be rescued. They just want to feel like they're protected 
in their own skin without having to uh, uh, prove to you that they belong. I, I think that I think that the conversations that I um, am a part of or or um, even when it comes to the things that I've heard my my female my black female friend group say the the issue I feel is is not that let me say, let me explain it the way I explained it to a student the other day my student that could not figure out um, specifically what they wanted to do and I'm laughing because it made me think about all the times that I feel like I told you I wanted to be a lawyer or I wanted to be this and you kept challenging those <laughs> you kept challenging those things but anyway. Um, I had a, a student and he, and he was like, you know, he had tried this, he wanted to be this, he wanted to be this. And I told him that if he figured out the problem that he wanted to solve, that he could figure out the career later, you know, like big first figure out the, the identify what that is and to think granular when you do that. And so he was like, well, but you know, first I tried environmental, that's too large. That's a, that's an entire social system that you're talking about. Healthcare is a social system, criminal justice. I was like, think about this, like. Lay on, you know how when you lay on the floor, you can see the whole, you know, you can see the whole room, right? Like, but you start right. I said, well, I feel like black women, see, we're laying on the floor so we can see the entire room. Black women are able to see the problems when it comes to black women. We can see the problems with black men. We can see them with white men. We can see it with, you know what I'm saying? Like, the problems are easy for us because of the intersectionality of race and gender, Right. right. So I don't feel very often that black women are saying that we like we don't feel protected, but the issue more so is that it, we don't feel supported. And I feel that support is what we feel is lacking. Yeah. And when we say things like we gonna ride it, we're gonna ride in the streets for everybody. We're gonna ride for for you know um, for George, and we're gonna ride for Ahmad, and we're gonna ride for everybody. And all we're saying is we want you to ride for Brianna and and Sandra the same way that we ride for for you know George and 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 Mike Brown and, and everybody else. Right. So it, I don't feel that there's this pitted. I I, I don't what I don't. Right. So it, I don't feel that there's this. Hit it. I, I, I don't. What I don't encounter is black women that are like, I'm going to rally and compete against the black man. What I encounter is black women saying, why is he competing with me? Why is he why is he coming for me? And I mean that whether it's in a professional sense, right. you know, yes. like we sitting at the same table. And if I expect to have any ally, it's the one looking like me. Why you keep right. letting this white man talk over me? Say, let her finish right. the sentence. It's everything from that to in in the regular world. So I don't feel like that competition is had between, to, between black women towards black men. I feel that black women are used to encountering spaces where black men are competing with them, whether in their personal it's, or professional lives. Right. And yeah. even in the personal, it's like, I, we're, we're going to support you with your dreams, all of that. And then we have the same, when we have ambition, the support isn't there. So like, you're not our tambourine player, but we're going to show be yours, you know? And I've often like, when we talk about the, you know, when we talk about protesting and things like that is women on the front line. And I've always, it, to me, the visual that always comes to my mind is a black woman is standing in front of the black man it, with her hands like this. That's and it. the black man is standing behind her about to stab her in the back. And it's like, right. we're protecting everybody. And then here it is that like, it's just. To not, feel, just protection, to not feel protection in society and then to not feel it in your home. 
It's right. That's that's I yeah. think that, that same. And so yeah. you have feel like you're having a fight on on both fronts. Yes, you're right. having a fight on both fronts. Yeah, and, and and so when when you when you have when you have a man who he's he's never been conditioned to understand that hey we are to support one another mm-hmm. and this is what he's seen he's been trained by what he's he's seen a woman she's she's seen for instance she's seen that her mother get up and grind and do it right you, you've seen it and and even if you don't i'm going to do it mm-hmm. but for for the son and even how we we raise our sons we have to think about that mm-hmm. for her son she gives him everything she she says okay even if i don't have it you're going to have it right but the son has never seen a man do that right in in, in many cases he's never seen a man get up and say look uh i don't care what happens you're supposed to be here to take care of this because your mother shouldn't be taking care of this or your sister shouldn't be taking care of this. And many times he hasn't seen that, right? And I don't think that it's on purpose. I think it's sometimes how we be conditioned. And then I think that sometimes it may be, you know, just supposition, it may be the fact that um, in the broader sphere of society, He's taught that, look, you have to think about yourself and nobody else. And I, but I think that that's it. We teach our young and women. That's, that's problematic. Up, we teach our, our young women, grow up and find a husband, grow up and be a wife. But we don't mm-hmm. teach our young men, grow up. We teach our young men, grow up and be successful, grow up and make money. But we don't teach them, right. grow up and find a wife, grow up and be right. a husband. We don't teach because them. Because he has no idea of community. Right. Grow yeah, up and, and find emotional regulation. Um, right. <laughs> That's, that's true. I yeah, think and I it's think- the same way when we put our girls in kitchen sets and we give our boys try, instead of like, they need to know how to cook too. They need to know yeah. how to nurture and hold a baby doll too. They need to know yeah. how to comb hair. They That's that nurturing side, that yeah. part we condition them from early on instead of yeah. like putting them in those settings of like, okay, that, that don't get that kitchen set because we need to know that, he, yeah, he can get this baby and yeah. learn how to nurture that part yeah, but we taught him the birds and the bees though right. in keeping with he loves me or he loves me not i am going to show you a list of celebrity couples um that we know and know well and and you just your first thoughts as to not just whether he likes her but whether she likes him do they like each other all right so our first couple is christy tegan and john legend like or don't like think they like each other they appear to be like a fun joking couple you think they like each other yes i think they like each other catch <laughs> catch you didn't say anything did it <laughs> i think he genuinely likes her i do not think she likes him <laughs> I you think don't think likes she her. likes him i think he likes her a lot i do i think i think she likes what he brings to the table I really that lens. I can see that. I can't I I don't know. I have to, but I you know. I think that they have good days, right? Like they they look they they have chemistry on camera and that kind of stuff. And I think that she enjoys that 
probably without him, she got painted as a mean girl. You know what I mean? I got you. I think that he offers this this relatability to who she is. And so I like I think it's the pair of them that is liked. But I don't know if, if she actually likes him. However, I will say this. They seem to be surviving through yes. the difficult moments mm. of their relationship. So that's that's the test when you when you can go through difficult moments publicly mm. and still stay connected. So yes. I may be wrong. So. All right. Paula and Denzel. Oh, yes. I think they uh, genuinely yes. no, like yes. each other. Yes. I think they like each other. Yes. No. Tina, what you got? What? I, what? I don't. I, I just don't. You know, probably because I, like probably because I know some past stuff, Ruby, but I no, no. Who doesn't like who? I think they are together for business right now, and I definitely don't think that she really, based on interviews from his son, because <laughs> kids will tell your business. Kids will tell all your business. <sighs> I, I don't think. think this is what y'all saw. That his son is fine. I mean, he's not like yeah. His son is fine, but if you if you interviews his son, you know, his son, they always point out Denzel, and he was like, "But my mom is an actor, actress too, facts, and she been doing this work too." Facts. So he makes an emphasis on saying that, but like, yeah, no, nah, I don't think they. I think maybe they liked each other, but mm, over the years they don't like each other. Like, nah, neither one. They don't, you know. All right. I think he's probably going to like her, but I think she just fed up don't like him. I definitely think that he probably likes her at this point more than she likes him. I do. Yeah. Um, J and B. J and B. I think I think that um, I think that he no, I'm sorry. I, I'm a huge J fan and I, I I just don't understand. I ain't never understood. I understood the, for business purposes, but I just, I don't even I feel like at this point, lemonade is a thing, and and you know now you got to stick together because I don't know, maybe it'll make better albums. But, but, but was lemonade just a, a, a business stunt though? No, I think that 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 hurt was. I think that the no. hurt expressed in lemonade even may not have been current, but I think that the hurt expressed in lemonade was real. Beyonce said in this last interview, she just did. She said, "I took my broken heart and did a cultural reset." But when you go back and you analyze Lemonade, she was not just portraying the hurt that Jay put on her. Some of it was stuff that she had received her from her daddy. Her yep. dad. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Yes. I'm not, I'm not, I think that all of those things played a part. But I think even from the beginning, when you used to look at their relationship, you would think, what did they talk about? Like, I would like, I, I think I, she liked say? him. I think she I think liked him, like him exactly. in the beginning and then things evolved and changed and that's me. business and branding is a thing. She married a Sagittarius man, so I'm gonna just keep it there. I I there yeah, there I think yeah. I think that I, she liked him in the beginning like and he liked the idea of her. The, of her. He liked the idea right. of her. And then over time, she has evolved greatly. And I think that he may like her now. And she'd be like, bro, you on my coattail. I think that that is personally where I think that they are most of the time. I, I mean, are you like gotta, each other now. You think they both I like each other? I, think, I don't think I they like each other. I, I do think it was this, what you described at first. Like, he liked the idea of her. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? She really liked him. And then, you know. But I think both of them are doing the internal work. This is just what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. That 
event, but now they probably like each other a lot more than they used to. So I'm going to say they like each other right now. I feel now. like if she let his hair go out like that in public, she must like him. There's no I way mean, she, she like not him. like him <laughs> let him go outside with his hair like that. And so I think like, you know, I think if you had to ask this maybe five years ago, I'd probably be like, nah, they don't like each other. Like, I don't no. want to know what they talk about, though. I said what we I said. And that's this, I just. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm I guess when he wearing his hair like that, he probably talking about some, you know, some good stuff now. Right. And no, no. Like I don't him. think the issue was what he talking about. I think that like what. OK, so um, yeah. did yeah. you understand yeah. what you did you uh, be a hustler from New York? <laughs> Did you say whether they like each other? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you say next? All right, Samuel and I don't. I'm sorry, I don't even. I, I don't know. Tanya, there Tanya. you go, Samuel and Tanya. I do. I think they do, do. like each other. Um, I think they look like they <laughs> laugh together. Um, like I feel like they have cussing matches. I do. I feel like oh, they yes, have cussing matches get with him, baby. I think yes, get with him. Yeah. Yes. Yes, if we can't have a cussing match, are we really? Do we really like each other? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. See who who can say MF the best, right? Like not even the best. Like who can say it in multiple languages? Who can say it with different inflections? Can you use it for an adverb and an adjective? You know what I'm saying? Like yes. Who, who really can do this? Can you use it as a conjunction? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm constantly amazed at good cussers. Like they, they that's, that's it. Just, like yeah. it takes it's a skill. That's it's a skill. skill, and I have practiced so hard. Okay, I feel like I feel like Samuel L will affirm you in all four cuss words or whatever, and you just feel like the most lifted. I feel like he has that yeah. power to lift you. Even you like. I feel like you just start that same compliment with the B word, and you'll be like, you better. You gotta thank you. Like I'm supposed to like not like you. Like you really, I just feel a bird. Oh, nice. It's yeah, Samuel yes. L. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, all right, Alicia and Swiss Swiss Beats. I think they genuinely like you. I think they like each other. Tina, Tina, does anybody like each other? Tina, <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Last one, last no. one. Nicole Ari Parker and Boris Cujo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anytime you can trade thirst traps on your Instagram, <laughs> like, yeah. do we really like each other? They was like posting each other's thirst traps, embarrassing their kids on I IG. I do you really love each other if you can't embarrass your kids on social media <laughs> by yeah. being mushy like in public? Other. Uh, and 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 you know, king and queen of entanglement, Will and Jada. No, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I don't think they like each other. In fact, I used to think that they they had like this just mutual respect and and that kind of stuff. But uh, Will's face and and his energy during that whole interview looked like a broken an unhealed man and we already know he's been fighting trying to live up to a ghost of a man most of you know most of their relationship but like at this point i think that it's just it's unrepairable they'll never get divorced i I think when it started was when uh she what was the 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 drama that she was on where she was the nurse uh, the nurse the nurse the yeah nurse jackie no that is that is a whole different show Oh, my bad. That's a white woman. That's a white woman. <laughs> it was a medical show. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was on TNT. And she but, was a Hispanic she, dude. She was an RN. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when, when uh, 
they had them love scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, I I probably would have been uh, a little little concerned because it it looked too real to me. Yeah, those love scenes were were, were real. Yeah, it, it looked looked too real. So I feel uh, like you, you know exactly you like... noticed they didn't even finish the whole season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I feel it's kind of like uh you already knew when you saw. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that Angelina and Brad had some real chemistry. Like, you already knew that it was all bad for Jennifer when you watched that movie. Like, it was was real. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Well, that is it for He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, as far as the we we decided that Katina don't think that most people don't like these. Most of us celebrity couples don't like these. I told you, I think most people married to people they did not like. And it, it was really, it started off straight off with some romantic stuff, and they never were friends, and they genuinely do not like each other. And I, I just think that we're, it's a whole lot of people that are afraid to really like go that route and they just are with people they probably it's probably, I'm telling you I can tell at a wedding if I'm in the wedding if I'm in your wedding and I don't cry y'all not supposed to be there not if I don't <laughs> cry and you don't it's based on whether or not you cry it's not. based on whether, whether I don't if I don't cry y'all should be together <laughs> that's not the rule cause listen I, ain't cried at a I am dying Kendrick have you ever officiated a wedding where you tried to stall or you was like if anybody don't really uh <laughs> Feel like we should. Um, I, I, you know, some people take that question out of the wedding ceremony, but I make sure I intentionally put it in there because I want. To, I don't. I do not. Let want the Wayne Wayne come in my wedding time. I'm Willie, baby, please. No, it's unacceptable. Unacceptable. <laughs> I just said, no, I'm giving y'all a I, last out. put that in there because because you know sometimes I'm 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 performing because I I used to officiate at least 10 weddings a year, right? Uh, and I can tell sometimes when I'm officiating, that's why I make sure I, I make sure I say the truth of what marriage really is. I can tell when I'm officiating whether or not they are just in it for the idea or they're in it for, mm. you know, the commitment. Kendrick, oh. that's a whole series you can do because it's a, <laughs> that's a whole series right there because, yeah, like, do yeah. you want the wedding or do you want the marriage? Like, it's... right. You know, Right. I wonder. I wonder statistically, like how many weddings you've officiated of the those who have lasted and those who got divorced within the first first five years. Statistically speaking, um, it used to be if I if I did the premarital counseling, it 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 lasted even in the midst of rocky times. But now, uh, with the society that we're in and and with um, all of the the options we have, right. Uh, that that statistic is is starting to decline. I used to really have a, a, a high success rate, but now, even with with premarital counseling, you know, because people are bringing their representatives to premarital counseling and not being honest, uh, and and I would say the number one reason uh, is trauma. Yep. Well, they well I would say they they say that the number one reason for um, breakup used to be finances and such, right? It was finances, and then it had to do with sex. But the number one reason now is the blended family, is what they are saying. I can see yep. that. So that leads I can, us. I can see and that. As, and I was saying that's a whole different show. Whole different, that's but, a different. But as show. a single mom for eleven years, I can definitely understand why that why that would be a, a difficult concept, and and how that could you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it used to be 
if you have an issue with my child, and basically you're saying you have an issue with me because I right. want to raise them, right? So there's this defense right. thing that automatically happens when you feel as though, you know, you need to conflict resolve. So I can see, I can see okay. that. But this, this is a good segue into <laughs> yeah. the hot seat. So coworkers, we got the hot seat. So hot um, seat is where we are going to do uh, different things each week. So this week our theme is either because women grow because we grow on we purpose. grow. <laughs> Amber, what are we doing for hot seat this week? Hot seat, which in our for for BB three for our coworkers who do not know, stands for honest, open, and transparent. That is what you are saying. You're going to work on on in an honest, open, and transparent way. So you can either bring something. What are we saying? Um, health, health, healing, or ratchet. What are you working on as far as your health, healing, or ratchet? Um, Catrix, you are our guest. Would you like to tell us what you're working on for your hot seat? Yeah. So so I'll tell you what I'm working on. Uh. For the first time in eight years, I'm actually going to sit down and talk with my therapist. Oh, yeah. Yes, black men go therapy. Yeah, black men go therapy. Yeah. It, you know, because I'm I'm in a in a I'm a different in a different space now. Uh and and things are different. We be, my wife and I are becoming empty nesters. Uh and I'm transitioning in my career slash entrepreneurial pursuits and so i need to sit down and talk to somebody so that's that's i'm doing work to heal thank you for being in that hot seat you know what are you working on this week um i am working on being comfortable being in being uncomfortable in um and it's okay to be uncomfortable especially when you're learning and growing new things, growing in different areas. So I am going to be learning to be more comfortable in being comfortable. All right. All right. Isis? I am continuing to work on my my boundaries and owning my shit because that is the first step to healing is owning your stuff. Um, and yeah, so that's where I am with my my hot seat is uh boundaries and on and my shit um i am i'm gonna work on on new ways to use old cuss words um i am going to to find just new ways to interject random cuss words into everyday conversations that don't even require them um you you know what Mm -hmm. i saw this tweet when as you said that i saw this tweet that said I'm going to find ways to cuss people out biblically. So all you got to do, like, I'm going to find ways to cuss folk out like Jesus did. Because Jesus cussed folk out. It just wasn't the words we use. You know, so, hey, dishonor on your family. Dishonor on your pet. You, know, you have to, you got to find blip, blip. There, you know, they was reading down in the Bible. We just didn't realize it. Like, they're cussing folks out for real. It is. Dishonor on your family. Is, right. It's obvious your seed will be begging bread. Like, we just going to get this. You know what? I'm going to be petty. I'm gonna be petty since you got this other woman pregnant. Let me tell you, she was out here uncovering feet and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you know, you know. Ah, so you went okay. So I know you got this whole situation with Hagar and and Sarah. So I tell you what, I'm a um. I'm going to have, like, they're going to have a lot of descendants, and you're going to have a lot of descendants, too. It's not just going to be listen. I'm just, it's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, like you said, are you, okay, it's different ways. It's different ways. different ways. 
Hey, well, that is it for our hot seats and for today's conversation. As always, Tina, will you tell the people where we can be found if you'd like to catch up on season one and follow season two? Um, you can catch us on all major social media platforms. All major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, um, you name it, we are there. And Anchor, definitely. It's Anchor as well. Um, as always, we are business and bullshits. We are three women, three perspectives, one podcast. All right, coworkers, we will see you next time. Thank you, coworkers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Shits, we are. Th-